This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. In this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with Sam Shalabi. Sam has many musical projects, but for this episode, we spoke about the fourth album of the group Land of Kush. The album's titled Sand Enigma. Land of Kush is a 25-plus piece ensemble for who Sam writes the music. This album was released on Constellation Records in 2019. The episode begins with an extract from the first track. Midway, you'll hear another track, which is titled Sss. And at the end, we'll play the second track, which is titled Domyat 1331. In our chat, Sam speaks about each of these tracks, tells the origin story of Land of Kush, and speaks about experimentation and evolution within Arabic music traditions.
My name is Sam Shalabi, uh, sometimes Osama Shalabi, and uh, I'm a, a composer, an improviser, an instrumentalist. Uh, I'm Egyptian Canadian. I uh, was born in uh, Libya, Tripoli, but I, I grew up uh, the first five years of my life in Egypt and Alexandria. And then my family moved to uh, Canada, to Prince Edward Island, very small island. And um, I now live in Montreal. I've lived in Cairo. Uh, I still go to Cairo uh, off and on, uh, but primarily my base now is in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. The music you just heard is a piece called Aha from the album Sand Enigma by Land of Kush, which is a, a 25 piece ensemble uh, of which I write the music for. And uh, on vocals and lyrics on that piece is Nada Al-Shazli. The origin of uh, uh, Land of Kush begins um, around uh, 1999, 2000, with, um, uh, I guess, a request or, or a proposal by an Egyptian friend of mine in Montreal who uh, wanted to have like a, a, a hafla, like a kind of a party um, to celebrate Egyptian culture because she's Egyptian. And um, her idea, uh, which she asked me to do, is to if I could do something in the tradition of Oma Kalsum, like something that is, is a large ensemble music. And it's something I had never done before. And um, I thought, well, this will be interesting. I knew enough musicians and uh, I thought, well, I'll give this a go. And so I did, I assembled the pretty large cast of musicians. At that point it was instrumental music. Uh, and so we did a performance. We did a performance there. I wrote a piece that maybe lasted about 45 minutes and it went over really well. I thought it was quite bad uh, because I didn't really know uh, much about what I was doing. I knew Egyptian music and, and had, had grown up with it mainly through my dad. Um, and uh, so I did it. And then we did one more thing, which was a little bit better. We did another instrumental version of the group, which was somewhat better, but I wasn't really happy with the, the results and then kind of put the, 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 the group to sleep, even though people, the response from people was very positive. Um, um, so then I guess maybe around uh, six or seven years passed during that time, I had gone uh, to, to Egypt and was really kind of had gone as an adult. I had not been back uh, as an adult. And, and that was a real uh, sort of revelation. That was, that was a big thing because I realized that the, what, what, what Arabic music and Egyptian music was, was much bigger and broader and, and more um, nuanced than I'd thought growing up in, in, in North America, um, because I was exposed to a lot of the classical music and knew a lot of the Egyptian classical music, but wasn't really aware of, of what was actually going on in terms of uh, um, contemporary uh, uh, Egyptian and Arabic music. And that was a big mind uh, sort of blower the track you're about to hear is called and this track is essentially a kind of um, composed or, or I, I guess uh, uh, orchestrated uh, improvisation uh, between uh, uh, Alexandre Saint-Ange uh, and Elizabeth Lima, 
and it's a kind of transitional uh, it's interesting piece in a way because it's a transition between um the title track sand enigma and uh uh the the uh, piece that uh, is after it and and the idea was to to, to do a kind of demented uh, flamenco which is actually how we recorded it that that elizabeth uh, and alexandra were equipped with 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 boards <laughs> and and shoes uh, in the studio while they were doing the elizabeth was also playing clarinet and alexandra was doing processed uh, vocals and that was really the the idea the instruction was for them to to do a kind of as if they were doing a kind of flamenco performance, but 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 with maybe kind of somewhat demented, and also keep, keeping in mind what just preceded uh, what they were doing and what was coming after. <laughs>
Sand Enigma itself uh, uh, is a is a mirror. That's the idea, and and I think that that the other albums, the other Kush albums, are are kind of about something that I can say. The first album is is very much inspired by by Against the Day by Thomas Pynchon. Second one is inspired by uh, the writing of Adam Phillips, the the British psycho psychoanalyst, and and his one of his books called Monogamy. Third album is very much inspired by Cairo. This Sand Enigmas is is a is a kind of mirror that that in in terms of um, what people perceive Arabic music and and sort of Arabic tropes, I guess uh, are and what they expect in a sense from Arabic music. So in that sense, it's a kind of um, a little microcosm of what I'm interested in in general. That that I I think um, that 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 you know that Arabic music. And and world music are are pretty prob for me kind of problematic notions, um, in in that um, uh, I think it's such a reductive uh, term in some ways. You know that that a lot of say jazz musicians I know African American or black jazz musicians I know they don't like the term jazz and 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 because they find it just it's too reductive and to what they're doing. And then of course, if you listen to someone like Anthony Braxton, yes, of course it is very reductive. Um, that's not really jazz what he's doing, but he's lumped in with that. And so I think my kind of big thing is to try and uh, do what I think of in a way to contribute to the tradition of Arabic music in an honest uh, and non-contrived way uh, and, and not in a way to sort of pander to um uh, assumptions of of what people think Arabic music should be, both for an Arabic audience and a um, non Arabic audience, and I and the I find uh, strangely that that it's it's the kind of Arabic audience that gets more what I do than the non Arabic audience because I think a lot of the first world they have expectations of what they want to hear when something has oud or has Arabic singing, they think, oh, this is going to be this. And when they don't hear that, they're not very happy with it, or they, they're confused by it. And, and I find Arabic audiences or North African audiences for this kind of music, they get it. They understand it better in a weird way, because I think they want that music to evolve anyway, you know, in whatever way, perverse or not, you know. So the, the final track you're going to hear is called Dumyat, 1331. And uh, it's really inspired uh, by my mother, uh, who passed away around the time that uh, we were recording and, and doing the piece and uh, that I was writing the piece. And uh, Dumyat is where she was born. And 1331 is her, the year of her uh, birth, um, or 1931. And uh, the piece is, the melody in the piece is a kind of, interpretation mishearing i suppose of a melody she used to sing to us when we were little kids and it's a melody that as she was i guess fading away from dementia that i would kind of try and remind her of uh and you know to kind of try and bring her uh, uh out of that state and so the piece in a way it it tries to incorporate all of that 
in it and it tries to incorporate this idea of sort of a round or a repetition of the melody that's off that keeps going off uh, and then keeps reiterating itself but is staggered and then it ends in a kind of um, cacophony I guess or or kind of almost as if there's too much too many voices happening in it and and really it is it is about that it's a sort of uh, uh, about in a, in a strange way I guess it's about her dementia you know and and also just about memory you know in general about how it's so fickle and I you know that 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 are uh, you know that the idea of our memories once they start going uh, does our identity go? Which in, in a in a I guess in a larger sense that's what the, the whole piece is about Sand Enigma, um, and and so it's really yeah it's really about the idea of memory dementia and on a personal level it's it's about my mother so that melody the main melody that is the round is a melody that she would sing to us when we were little kids. Thank you. 